0: Hey, love tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14 day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So, whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up, or you're a newly coupled and and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other. The 14-day happy couple challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at IDOPodcast.com/slash 14. With our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-day challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14 day happy couple challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to IDupodcast.com slash 14. That's IDupodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. Did you know
1: that breast pumps are covered
0: by most insurance plans?
1: Edge Park works with more than 1,500 insurance plans to help moms order a new breast pump that is covered by insurance. And they offer some of the leading brands on the market. Place your order anytime during your pregnancy. Then Edge Park handles the paperwork and sends it to you with free shipping. Visit www.edgepark.com slash Spotify to learn more.
0: I do podcast episode...
2: Forty-nine. Welcome to idopodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah.
0: Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? Email us at info at I Do Podcast dot com and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. Hey everyone, we're excited to introduce our guest today, Tegan Maddox.
2: Hi Tegan. Hi there, how are you guys?
0: We're doing great, excited to have you on our show today.
2: Thank you, I'm happy to be here.
1: As a graduate of the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, Tegan is a certified life coach, achieving her training from one of the top coach training programs in the country. As a result, her intense approach is unique and skilled, targeting core issues quickly and with purpose. She teaches dating and relationship safety and breakup programs that incorporate money, success, and start over strategies for women of all ages, delivering powerfully effective communication strategies that help women recognize avoid and recover from relationships and money patterns that don't serve them well
0: We've given our listeners just a little overview So take a minute tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships
2: Okay, thank you so much first of all and uh, you know happy to be speaking with you guys today because um, really what I do is I try to create, um you know, some more awareness around some of the everyday issues that people are going through. Um, I work with a lot of women that are coming out of uh, destructive relationships. So I see a whole lot of things that could have been caught really early on. And and I've also been there myself. Um, I had uh, some pretty terrible relationships in the past, and it took me years and years and years to figure out why the patterns... Um, kept repeating and kept showing up. And it really was um, the way I came into coaching. It's also the way I started learning about um, uh, m- kind of mental illnesses within relationships. And it sounds pretty like like a big, big topic, but it's really common for there to be some pathology uh, that we're going to run into, whether it's at work or within family members, you know, with family members, with relationships that we develop. And a lot of times you cannot overcome certain uh, limitations that are within a relationship. Once you can see clearly what's what's really underneath the problems of a relationship, um, that's the only way you can ever fix things and then have um, either a great relationship that's improved or you have to just cut your losses and move on. Um, so that's really, um, you know, I really I'm trying to create a dis- an intentional disruption in how we see breakups like sometimes breakups need to happen Um, but once you've broken up and you're moving on if you don't look at what went wrong and what your part of it is then uh, you're only going to recreate the same problems in the next relationship so I'm you know my efforts are to kind of uh, fix all that or help fix all that I should say
1: well, we love it, and you already sort of mentioned our our topic today that I think is going to provide a lot of value to our listeners, and we're going to talk about ways to get over your ex and not get sucked back in.
2: Right.
0: And a lot of us, or many of us, or our listeners might have gone through this before, so really going through this and going over this information on ways to get over their ex and move on, will ultimately help them to find a happy and a lasting relationship.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, a lot of times we negotiate ourselves into the bad relationships. So we can see some things happening, but we don't even, uh, we kind of just, um, we either negotiate ourselves into it and keep going forward, even though we have um, a gut instinct or we feel like something's off, we can't quite put our finger on it. And, you know, you see the end result, You're, you're focusing on, But you want, the family, you want to be married, and all these other good things that the person, the qualities that the person has, and we negotiate ourselves either into the bad relationship in spite of the bad things that we see that we really don't want in our lives, but we also negotiate ourselves out of good breakups, and that happens all the time. Um, I, I work with women that go, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and they're seven, eight, nine years in a relationship that they didn't want to be in. Um, And a lot of that comes from fear. You know, it's just the fear uh, drives us backwards and causes us to tolerate things that we don't want. Mm.
0: So what is the biggest reason that leads to a failed breakup?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the biggest reason is not understanding what your fear is. Like, what is it that's really... Forcing you to go back. So, for example, um, let's suppose you broke up, and then you don't have anything to replace that time and that space that you would have had with that person. And if you're coming out of um, a chaotic relationship, or towards the end it became that way, and there's a lot of arguing, there's a whole lot of drama that now is gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as crazy as it sounds, um, that takes a whole lot of energy. And so, if all of a sudden you have peace and you're quiet, and you're on your own, all of a sudden, you feel maybe more lonely, you start getting bored, and guess what happens? You glorify the past and the ex with all these good memories. It's just like a coping mechanism. Right. And and you start to remember only the good stuff. And so then you start worming your way maybe back to the guy or back to the woman. And you are, you know, just rose-colored glasses on, so to speak, because you don't have anything to replace it. You don't know when your next relationship is going to happen. And the natural thing, all of us do it. The natural thing is you, you go back. You know, you just go back and you think maybe it wasn't that bad. And you find ways to justify making contact with the person or being in the same area that you know they're going to be in. And it just kind of triggers everything uh, to start up all over again. So you end up in one of those on-again, off-again relationships that we always hear about. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have plenty of girlfriends that are you know have been in that situation where the same things that you're saying you know fear fear of not of being alone or loneliness is what drives them back into the relationship and it's really something you have to step back and understand so you don't get sucked back in.
2: Yeah, that's right. And a lot of us, you know, we don't, we don't even realize that's what's going on. But, you know, one of the most powerful things that that I um, tell women to do is, okay, if you think you're over it, and there's nothing really driving you back, it was just coincidence, (laughs) or fate, um, that you ended up back together again, um, walk around your house, or even check out your car, your office space, and do some emotional decluttering. Because if you left that relationship, there's a reason, and it didn't just happen overnight, it was a slow progression towards a breakup. So if you're done, and you want to really seriously be done and move on, walk around your your house, your car, you know, look in your car, go through your office space and get rid of anything that emotionally ties you in a good way to that past relationship. Because what happens is we keep all the mementos and we keep the little trinkets from when we went on the holiday together. We have photographs of the better times (laughs) and it it softens us to kind of just revisit the, the, the old relationship, even though we're saying we don't want to. It's a good strategy, you know, if you feel yourself getting kind of drawn back to what you said you didn't want.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I think a really interesting point that you have in your article that you wrote was about Mm -hmm. wanting to win will get you sucked back in. And you relate that back to imagining your ex with another person and that there may not even be another person there, but you envision this whole scenario and it really draws you back to wanting to be with him because or her uh, because you, you want to win in the relationship.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, for women, I, I know we, we feel like we spend all this time in a relationship with a with a guy. And, and the, the perception is, I spent all that time and now it's like I trained him how to be, you know, which isn't what happens. And it isn't fair to say that about the guy. Really, what's going on is you didn't train him how to be how to behave or how to treat you. And now what happens is you think you have done that and he's gone over to the next woman and the next one he's going to be with, he's going to do all those lovely things you had begged him to do or tried to get him to do when he was with you. (laughs) Um, Really what's happening is you're just identifying and discussing the conflict that you had with the guy all the time and all the effort it was taking to make that relationship work. And then it doesn't, the guy just doesn't then leave and go magically become this brand new person that you were hoping he was going to be. What happened was you probably just picked the wrong guy for you. Like, it doesn't even have to be that the guy's destructive or toxic or, you know, anything terrible. It could just be you're not a good match. And it's really looking at what brought you to be with someone who was so off of what you were looking for.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really getting to the core of the issue. Because whether it's a destructive relationship or, like you said, just one that wasn't good is uh, a lot of this just goes back to examining yourself and trying to determine why you so bad want to fill whatever void is
2: is, uh, there. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, and expecting to have somebody else, you know bring you all those things that you want and jump through the hoops to make sure you're happy. It's, you know, it's just a recipe for um, disaster. And that, you know, that happens for guys too. It's not just all, you know, men are only the only destructive ones. There's a lot of women out there that are causing a lot of harm in relationships and, and for men. And, you know, I think the recovery issues after that type of thing are very different for men and women. Um, but it, it kind of stems from just getting in the wrong relationships to begin with. And, you know, a lot of that comes from you're, you're going out in the world and you're looking for um, someone who will love you versus you looking for someone to love. And it's a very kind of weird way to look at it. But if you're looking for someone to love, you know, it, it shifts things. Because you're not just going to take anyone who seems to want to spend time with you or who will bring to you those things you want in your life, whether it's financial stability, a family, you know, uh, a lifestyle. It it should be obviously bigger than that. But a lot of people, that's what they're looking for. And and it's reversed. You've got to kind of look at it the other way around.
1: Absolutely. And that's great advice. Well, we've given our listeners some ideas of what might drive them back to get with their ex. So now I want to go over some constructive things they can do to prevent that. And one of the first things you talk about is no contact.
2: Yes. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. And most people um, don't like it. (laughs) It's very hard to do because um, it's just difficult when you know someone so well and you've broken up to just completely cut ties. Um, you know it's hard to do, and there's a lot of emotion involved, and so it's natural to want to. You still kind of do the back and forth, and you you kind of toy with the idea of getting back together and seeing things looking better than they really are. Um, but what's it's just being driven. The whole no contact thing is to prevent you from going backwards. You're supposed to be constantly now from this point forward, and you you don't you don't let anything like loneliness, boredom, glorifying the past with good memories, or being in fear of what, you know, when is it going to happen again for you or when will you find love and and comparing. Oh, my God, that's one of the biggest things that that women especially do. They compare that all their friends, you know, are married and have everything set for themselves. And so they were so close and they feel like they want to go back. So to stop yourself from going backwards, you you initiate your own no-contact rule. And so that means you don't respond to contact, you don't initiate it. It has to be both ways. Mm -hmm. It's not just expecting that person not to contact you. You also have to, you know, get strong and not reach out when, you know, when you're feeling sad or lonely or depressed or whatever. You have to, you have to just be strong and find a strategy to move forward.
0: Absolutely. And I think nowadays with social media being so big, I can imagine that it's even harder trying to disconnect yourself from that person because you see all their information on your Facebook newsfeed or Instagram. And so being able to detach yourself is really important. Unfollow.
2: Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's hard because that also, yes, exactly. (laughs) You unfriend. And and, it's the way it's really a self-protective strategy and if you've left someone who's still wanting to hang on and who doesn't want the breakup, that makes you know things even harder. So that is a way. Just you know, you're protecting yourself and you're you're giving yourself what you said you wanted. Especially if you know it's the right thing to do. And you know, in a sense, you are actually also helping that other person. De- con- uh, you know, disconnect and be able to move on. So you have to look at it from a very positive perspective. That you're not doing something to the other person. You're doing something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because it can make you feel
0: pretty guilty, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really does make a difference because when you're at that point when, uh, you know, I've had a girlfriend, it's been a couple years on and off, and she was at the point this time that she was done. So when she said no contact, she meant it. And she cut off all forms, social media, email, everything, because she was serious. And it really does help when you don't have that contact
2: with the person. Yeah, well, it allows you the space you need to, to heal, to recover, and to stop rehashing everything, and, you know, that you, you keep seeing the person kind of pop up, you know, on the screen or in your life or in the place where you go. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times I advise women, you just completely start over. You get you don't go to the same coffee shop. You don't go to the same set of friends. You, you know, a lot of times you have to go to that level to disconnect from someone. Um, you know, not always, but it, if... If it's intrusive in your life and it's causing you harm in some way and it's stopping you from being able to move on and get your, you know, your life back together, then you have to go to the extremes.
0: Absolutely. Unfortunately. But yeah, it's sometimes it's you just have to do it.
2: Right. Well, I mean, again, it's like, you know, it's not something anyone should ever feel guilty about. So it's something that you go, you know, it's it's a good for you. That's you're taking care of yourself. And that's one of the hardest things to do is put yourself first. And especially if you were in a relationship that wasn't working out and maybe you were the one that didn't put yourself first and now all of a sudden you realize you have to and that's one strategy for doing so. Um, You have to learn how to do those things without feeling guilt or without feeling bad. And the way you do that is just you just keep reminding yourself you're not doing anything to the person or against the other person. Mm -hmm. You're just taking care of yourself and this is how you have to do it.
0: Well, that's a great mantra to have to keep telling yourself Mm -hmm. that. Right. <laughs> well, another rule is to pull up a bad memory. Uh, what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, you know, one of the things we do when we're stuck in those uh, places of feeling lonely or, or reflecting back and, you know, wishing things had been different or thinking perhaps you should have tried, you know, five other times. You know, it's like how many how many second chances does someone get, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm really what happens is if you you have a lot of things around you um, or a lot of memories in your head that after you've had some space from the person, you know, the difficult stuff disappears, right? The the hard times, you stop uh, living those now that you've had some quiet time and some space and all of a sudden all the good stuff resurfaces. And uh, it's kind of a self sabotage in a lot of ways because if you let those good memories kind of, cause you to reach out or cause you to just remember only those good times, you end up right back where you started. Um, and so you can't glorify, you know, everything that went wrong just because you had some things that were really good. Um, you you can't negotiate away uh, the, the bad stuff. It's the bad stuff is there and it has to, it is what it is. So it's just really a matter of remembering that when you, you, you have to catch yourself. It's, it's like you're training yourself. Oh, I'm just now, I'm, I'm, I've am i got the rose-colored glasses on. I'm remembering all these good things about the guy. And, um, you know, the girlfriends who want you to be married or who want you to be with a, a partner sometimes don't help because they remind you <laughs> of the good things as well. And uh, that doesn't take away the bad things and the reason why you broke up.
1: It's such a valuable exercise. And kind of along the same lines for the last thing I want to talk about is preventing going back to a relationship is chanting your deal-breakers.
2: Yes, yes. And a lot of times we talk about deal-breakers and we really don't know what they are, right? And and some of them are just... They're obvious. Like, okay, if the guy cheats on me, I'm done. And then a lot, you know, a lot of women that will happen, and they'll still stay or they'll you know work it out. Um, if if we get in, if he's a gambler or she's a gambler, and we get in a lot of debt, that would be my that would be my thing. And we we throw these ideas around just very flippantly, and we don't really we don't really feel the weight of what we're saying. So if you if you just slow down, I mean, I think even before you're dating, I I, I do dating. Um, a dating strategy with um, clients where you actually—that's one of the exercises. Like, I really want real deal breakers, and it includes not just things like, well, uh, you know, I want someone who's honest. I want someone who uh, is chivalrous. Um, what do those things look like? So, chivalrous, right? To one woman, might be, oh, the guy just, you know, is is kind to other people when we're out someplace. He's kind to waiters and waitresses. That would make that to me. That would be a chivalrous man. To another woman, it might be. Uh, specific to her, you know, I would like the old-fashioned traditional guy who opens my door, who waits, you know, walks beside me when we're going in places, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. So it's really narrowing it down and just keep whittling it down, Put put the general statement and then keep, just keep working it so that you know what those deal breakers would look like in action.
0: Well, those are some great points, and I think those are also great rules that our listeners can go by to help them get over that X and move on so that they can meet, um, meet somebody and have a healthy, fun, long-lasting right. relationship.
2: Right. Right. Thank you.
0: What do you find is the most common reason couples will struggle in their relationship?
2: Okay, that it's a great question, and it's something, you know, that really should be front and center. What are the things that are typically going to go wrong in, in relationships? And you can pretty much answer them uh, pretty quickly. Um, one of that, and, and everyone should be looking for this when they're either getting involved or even after they're involved. Um, and one is being with someone who is unable to change. Um, th- the problem with that is, you, you know, you, your relationship can't grow. And, um, typically what happens in in the people I work with is they, they know they're with someone who's unable to change. They can't, they may recognize like problems. You may have some conflict and you seem to resolve the conflict, but, The the compromises that you've agreed to, uh, they they last for maybe a week or two, and then the exact same problem happens again. Um, So the the problem there would be if you keep remaining hopeful and you keep trying and trying and trying, um, when really what you should do is recognize that that person really isn't able to sustain the changes. And, and you, you know, you really, it's a matter of cutting your losses and moving on because if someone, if you've seen a pattern of someone that cannot change, or isn't willing to change. Um, there, there's no. There's nothing you can do, because if change and growth aren't sustainable, you've got trouble.
1: Well, that's great information for our listeners to be aware of, so that they can find or leave a relationship uh, to to be in a successful one.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, I think you have to. You know, you have to be looking for just certain things. They're little things. They're very subtle. But you know, if someone is dismissive or avoidant, um, you know that's going to equal divorce eventually. Whatever you're seeing in the beginning is 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 going to be your your kind of flow. There's a flow through your relationship before you get married, and that's going to continue. And the little things get magnified as you go forward. Um, conflict isn't something you should you should fear. I mean, conflict is really good. It's it's what brings you closer together, providing you can both um agree and find a compromise and then the compromises are honored and sustained, then the conflict is purposeful and it's it was what was needed and it kind of clears the air and people move forward. It's just it's just the way things have to be. Um, if you have someone that doesn't uh you know can't handle conflict or doesn't want to confront anything that happens within the relationship, then, you know, you're probably headed for trouble. Yep. <laughs> um, you see this a lot with, um, with money. You know, money obviously is a big, big deal in, in relationships and in marriages. It's one of the leading causes of divorce. And, uh, you know, different differing levels of money awareness and know-how with money causes all kinds of conflict. And, and uh, it's really important to get on the same page and be able to talk about those things openly.
1: Well, now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah's up first.
0: Great. You did mention in the beginning that loneliness is one of the um, primary reasons that somebody can get sucked back into the old relationship. So do you have any examples or exercises for people to prevent the loneliness, maybe maybe some examples of what they can do going out with their girlfriends or anything like that to Mm -hmm. stop that loneliness so that they don't go back into the relationship?
2: Oh, of course. And it's a great question. And I think one of the first things you have to do is recognize that that's what it is um, and, and be a little vulnerable about that. Um, if you're, you know, have, have your friends around you and you tell them, I'm about to reach out to this guy again and I don't want to go back into that relationship. I'm just feeling really lonely and I don't want that to be the reason that I go back to someone. Um, I, I think people then get where you're coming from versus if you're just kind of complaining and you're saying, you know, don't have a boyfriend, you don't have a partner things to do. You know, sometimes people don't see that it's loneliness and they encourage you to contact the guy again. <laughs> and so you end up in this vicious cycle. So it's really the first step is really just to acknowledge it with yourself and then, you know, share it with you, be a little vulnerable, share it with your, your closest friends perhaps. And then it's a matter of, you know, that, that's going to give you some support Um and just just letting it be. I mean, it's okay to feel lonely and not act on it. You can feel lonely and put on a movie, you know, go for a walk, get, get out of the house, do something different that you never did before. Um, don't go back and do something you used to do with your partner. That's just going to intensify that feeling um you know find something new to do a new hobby something that you couldn't do when you were in the relationship together that's always a good one as that you know um i know when i broke up with my ex i had always wanted to dance i always wanted to take dance lessons do couples dancing with him and he didn't ever want to do it so i didn't do it um so when i hit this place of like being lonely and just wishing i could just go back and just forget about the whole breakup <laughs> um i I went out and I forced myself to go and take some dance lessons, which then means you have to have a little wardrobe, you have to buy some outfits, you know, you have to get prepared. Um, and so it just kind of brings a whole new thing into your life. So it, it can be a very motivating way to start a new thing for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And it can probably help with your self-esteem, which is also another way to go into a new relationship is feeling good about yourself. So I think that's a, a great example of what our audience can do. Sure. Yep.
1: Well, we talked a lot about recognizing a bad relationship and how to not go back to a breakup. My question has to do with, it was a story I heard, uh, it was a radio show about a couple that were doing long distance relationship and the it just wasn't working just because of the distance. They had otherwise good relationship and the the female ended it and the guy was just not happy with it so he went back and really just pushed really hard to to have her come to an event one last time long story short they ended up getting married so so right (laughs) I I want to know when to sort of understand if you're in a relationship that a situation like this is happening to re-examine and not necessarily do the no contact rule that we talked about earlier
2: Right. Well I, I mean I think that the no contact thing comes out of relationships that have had that on again off again dynamic. And in this situation, you know, with the long distance thing and it doesn't work, it you know, that doesn't sound like it was an on again off again in that sort of way where you're you're constantly kind of with each other and then apart with each other apart, um and kind of having the same sort of uh problems resurface all the time. So it sounds a little different. Um but no contact really comes out of, you know, um a real solid Uh, pattern that's happened from the relationship where it's just been up and down, up and down and chaotic for a long period of time. And you know that you can get sucked back in, right? You know that you're going to end up being very vulnerable to the good memories or to the, the, the spin or the smoothness of the other partner that always kind of seems to draw you back in, even though you know it's never going to change. Um, something like this is, you know, pers- being it's kind of that, it sounds like a notebook type of situation, that, that movie, right, where yeah. <laughs> it sounds very romantic. <laughs> it sounds very romantic, and there's you know there's a little um, danger in that too because the pursuit, if, if someone's shut things down and said no and then the pursuit keeps happening, then that can be, That can be creepy, but this sounds more like, you know, it's love. It's like you want to work it out, and you've got the guy that shows up and is coming after the girl and, and, you know, wanting to make it work. It's it's showing, um, to me, you know, just from the very limited information, if if there was no toxicity within the relationship and the guy shows up, he's showing how much he loves her and he's saying, "No, listen, this matters to me. I want to figure out how to keep us together." And then that's where the the whole compromising comes along and you you can work it out. And it's very promising and hopeful. Um, the trick is, you know, as long as that is not the dynamic where it's just up and down, up and down, and on again, off again all the time, then you know it sounds pretty romantic.
1: Yeah, so it's just important to recognize where it's coming from and if if there's a toxicity there or if it's just a yeah. matter of circumstance that you guys exactly. aren't together.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, a long-distance thing, you know, that's difficult. that's difficult to make it work. But you know what? That's also a great way to really know what someone's all about. And, but there comes a time when someone's got to make a move, right? Literally, someone's going to yeah. be right. in one place or the other, and you're either going to decide that this is going to work and we're going to do it, or, or it's it's over, you know.
1: Well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview: the lasting love round.
0: We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship.
1: We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Tegan, are you ready to help us build lasting love?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Great. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship?
2: Great question. And I love this question. And it's something that seems very obvious to me, but that doesn't happen. And it's asking for what you want, just putting it out there. Um, You know, I, I relate this a lot to... Um, the money, the money, because a, a lot of couples have, you know, problems with money or one handles everything and the other one just goes, oh, I'm not good at it. And they leave it to the other person. And, you know, it's not good for either one of them. So it's really asking for what you want and maybe you do that across the board on everything. But if you just home it in on like your finances and I'm working, you know, I want to work on our finances together. And I think you start off by doing that openly and honestly, and you identify, your own strengths and weaknesses and admit them to each other. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. But it can be very, it can really, really bring a couple together.
1: Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples?
2: Um, I, I'll tell you what, one of the, um, the the best books I know of is uh, The Five Languages of Love by uh, Gary Chapman. Yeah. And it's uh, he, he's just brilliant. He's nailed it very simply. You can look at the, the five types of it's really about how you receive the message of love. Like, um, I'm, um, like, uh, I, I like affirmations. I like words. Um, now if I have somebody who doesn't communicate with words, but they like to give gifts, That's beautiful that they brought me a gift, but if they had just written the word, oh, I would have bought you this gift today if I could, that would have meant, that would have been the same as getting the gift to me. It's really, really um, insightful, and I think it can really change the way people interact. It's very powerful.
0: Great. Well, that is an awesome book. We love that book, and we'll have that on your show notes page at iDoPodcast.com, and our listeners know to go there to find uh, your notes and that awesome recommendation.
2: That's terrific. That's great.
0: We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds?
2: Well, um, first of all, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, you know, it's not going to sound very romantic at all. But if you either of you have any doubts, then obviously I would say don't do it um, or just delay it. Um, if you are not in that space, then that's great. And one of the things that you can do is um, work together on you know, I call it an an emotional prenup, if you will, where you actually, um, it has nothing to do with money or finances or, you know, divorce. It has to do on, like, agreeing the things that come up in a daily relationship, like the nitty-gritty stuff, like how you feel about, you know, uh, house cleaning, how you're going to be raising children, is there religious uh, differences involved, and money, you know, how how are we going to handle money? Is there debt? How are we going to get rid of debt? And what sort of financial plan can you be on? And, and really just getting on the same page um, on everything. So you're just sharing, you know, your hopes and also your vulnerabilities.
1: If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be?
2: I would say, um, you know, to make sure um, you maintain your own life a little bit and and your own interests. Um, I, I think a lot of couples feel like, well, we're married now and you do absolutely every single thing together. And I think that can work for some couples and, um, it also might not work. Um, so it's nice to have maybe a little bit of time that you both agree on is, is, um, you know, reasonable for each other to have if you want it, you know? So if, if you have different interests, it's okay to have, to have those and to keep those going. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important that, and and Chase and I are pretty good at that. You know, I have my lunches with my girlfriends. He has his surfing time and it's something that we have on our own, but it's, it, and ultimately it brings us closer.
2: Yeah, for sure. It definitely does. And it, you know, the time apart, sometimes it just makes you, you know, when you're not sort of constantly in in someone's um, space, it's just, it's just human nature. You need, you need some growing time on your own. And I, I think it absolutely can bring you know, people together.
0: Well, we have really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you. And then we'll say goodbye.
2: Okay. Thanks so much, Sarah. Um, You can certainly just uh, start with uh, registering for my newsletter or going onto my website. um, And that's uh, at teganmaddox.com. I'm also, you know, on Twitter and uh, at your tango, and uh, Pinterest is a real good one if you're really trying to learn about, um, you know, things really quickly in a very fun way. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of things posted on there. So we you love Pinterest. You that way too. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: me too. <laughs> well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives.
0: And thank you so much for all the generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today.
2: Uh, It's a total pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast.
1: Head on over to IDupodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice.
0: Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love?